Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Premier Pallister and Winnipeg Mayor Bowman met with uh, Mr. Trudeau yesterday, yesterday virtually concerning the increasing number of COVID-positive cases in Manitoba. How significant is the increase? Because I was reading it's the highest per capita infection rate in the country right now, and the Winnipeg Mayor is critical of the Premier. How bad is it? It's bad. Uh, you know, today, the, the numbers, uh, I think there was, you know, probably a little bit of a reprieve. It was a little bit below 500, uh, you know, which is amazing that you can feel <laughs> be a little bit uh, optimistic about it. But the, the percent positivity right now in Winnipeg is 16.8%, which is exceedingly high. We're, we're well above where we were in the second wave. We certainly know what's going on uh, in regards to patient transfers. Um, and this is the start of it. So, you know, we're not near the end yet in regards to, to the stress on the healthcare system. I think that's what we're all uh, very, very concerned about right now. I just received an email two, three minutes ago from David in Manitoba, and he writes in part, uh, why are we going in the wrong direction, being in Manitoba, uh, when we have over 60% vaccinated? What's the answer to that question, or is there a simple answer? <sighs> it's It's not a simple answer, right? So, a part of it goes back to trying to figure out, uh, you know, some of the dynamics of, of the, the vaccinations. So where are we seeing uh, vaccinations or, you know, are those high rates spread out equally across all areas in the province and in Winnipeg? Is it kind of, you know, conglomerated in specific areas? Um, and where are people in their, their vaccine regimen? So even after that first dose, yeah, a couple of weeks down the road, we see good protection uh, from severe disease. We actually see decreased infectivity, but there's a time lag. So Vaccinations have certainly picked up, but the question now is where are they in regards to, to eliciting that protection? I think that's going to be a big question, unfortunately. What do you see um, if you're once you're in the in the environment in the hospitals or in the medical environment? What do you see as far as people presenting with COVID symptoms is concerned vis-a-vis what you might have seen a year ago? Is it is it worse now than it was a year ago, perhaps? You know what? I don't think you can necessarily say it's worse. So the you know the the new variants. Um, you know, there's been some data saying, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of a difference in in severity of disease uh, with, with the way that people present. But then there's also been contrasting data to say that no, they're they're no different. I think the dynamic that's really changed has been the age groups where we're seeing younger people that are showing up in the hospital that are, that are severely ill that are requiring ventilation. But they're also there for a long period of time because they're they're predominantly recovering. They we're not seeing that high fatality rate. The problem is is that now we have to look at extended care for those people, and that means we're not going to be able to free up beds uh, very quickly. And of course, then you see the downstream consequences with with other diseases and ailments. So yeah. it, it unfortunately is it's a very different uh, I think pandemic now than it was in 2020 at this time. So one question is why. Why Manitoba? Uh, you had to move ICU patients uh, to Ontario. The premier is calling for the United States to send excess vaccines to Manitoba, as opposed to having little groups of Manitobans going south of the border to be vaccinated. Why Manitoba? So this is such a great question, right? Listen, I've, I've been in Saskatchewan for 12 months now. We're heading back to Winnipeg for, uh, you know, at the end of this coming week. Uh, and I've been in Saskatchewan doing COVID research. And I left Winnipeg at a time when the province had had you know, no cases for 13 days. So the, the question is, what happened? Well, I think it's a combination of, of different things. I think part of it is this idea we weren't proactive. Uh, you know, I've been a part of many letters that have been sent to the premier, certainly been part of many groups that have been calling for, uh, for proactive restrictions. And I think a lot of that has gone unheeded. We've had restrictions, but we haven't necessarily had 
the right restrictions at the right time. Um, so, I, you know, I think that there's a, a part of that. Uh, certainly the vaccine rollout, Saskatchewan has done a fantastic job. They, they, I think they hit younger age groups sooner than what uh, other provinces did. So they've weathered the storm a little bit better. Um, but I think we're also at a point where a lot of these questions have to wait to be addressed until we get through the crisis. Because we, we frankly, we need everybody on the same side right now to, to get through this. And then afterwards, let's figure out uh, what went wrong and when it went wrong. A little tougher, isn't it, uh, this time, particularly in late spring of 2021, after people have been struggling with this thing for over a year, to, to get everybody on side on anything? Or am I, am I misunderstanding things? No, no, 100%, right? And, and listen, that's the difficulty because... Even, you know, even for somebody like me who, you know, works in infectious diseases uh, as part of their, their life and, and part of their, uh, you know, their, their interests, it's exhausting. We're, we're all tired of this. Um, we, we believe that there was going to be a reprieve. We certainly came out of the end of 2020 feeling much more optimistic based on what we were seeing with the vaccines. And there's that question of saying, well, okay, when is it our turn? Um, and that's the unfortunate reality with infectious diseases is that it doesn't work the same way or at the same time across all regions within a country, let alone across the globe. So we're, we're going to get there, um, but we have to get through this. And I think this is one of these events where there was some warning, there's some early signs that, that weren't heeded, and, uh, and now we don't have a choice but to get through it. Yeah. I received an email yesterday from someone saying, I can't see the lawn for the weeds speaking about this whole issue with the pandemic. And I, I thought it was a pretty decent metaphor. But we also, we also have the Pfizer uh, CEO saying a booster may be needed eight to 12 months after the completion of the two jabs. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've seen differing thoughts on this in, in regards to, uh, you know, infectious disease experts and, and immunologists. And, you know, I think that there's, there's always been some concern about the fact we, we don't have long-term data for how long the vaccines are going to provide protection for because, vaccines you know have just been licensed so we don't have that long-term data but i think we're also very very uh hopeful based on some of the biomarkers we've seen okay actually probably we may need a booster but we'll get the state protection if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend i'm roy green Have a great weekend.